hello and welcome to the Sala podcast. My name is Steph and in this episode I caught up with artist Carly Snoswell. All right, Carly, <laughs> thank you for uh, catching up with me to have a chat about your practice. Um, I know we didn't go to your studio because there are some very friendly budgies making noise, so hilarious that there are magpies also singing outside. Hopefully they won't interrupt <laughs> us, but maybe you'll feel right at home. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, before we get started, I'll acknowledge that we are meeting on Ghana land and pay respects to elders past, present and future, and you also work your studio and um, exhibitions often are on the same land as well. So Yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Um, all righty. So, oh, where do we start? Should we do it chronologically and start with how you came to be an artist? Sure. Well, I I guess I grew up always enjoying making things. So when I was a kid, I used to um, stitch lots of things and I learned how to knit from my mum when I was like nine. And I think when I was 12, I got my first sewing machine. So I was always really into textiles and um those kind of processes you see they stitch by number kits when oh, I was yeah. little. Mm. <laughs> and then in high school I remember really wanting to do fashion design. Oh yeah. I wanted to go into that well, kind you're of a part. cool kid. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> and um I can't really remember what kind of made me shift. I think going to art school was more I guess knowing that I could do any different kind of art making and not being mm. limited to it's like, oh I could go to art school and do clothing or fashion if I wanted to. Mm. And I actually actually um, ended up steering more towards sculpture and installation through um, the, what's it called, Bachelor of Visual Arts at yeah. UniSA yeah. back in the day. And I think I finished up there in about 2012 with honours maybe. Um, and then kind of following that have, did a couple of residencies overseas. Oh, cool. And I guess through art school, like the textile course at UniSA wasn't huge yeah. and I actually didn't enjoy it a lot because it was a lot of things that I already knew okay. didn't feel like I was um maybe pushing myself or learning new skills so I ended up doing things like jewelry and ceramics and um printmaking and other kind of techniques and majored in sculpture and so coming out of art school I was doing a lot of sculpture and installation work and it kind of wasn't until I went to India through uh, the Helpman residency and then did another residency for six months in New York that I started doing uh, textile processes in my practice. I think kind of realizing that, oh, I can use these really humble making um, skills that I'd learned when I was a kid in my mm. art practice and also kind of trying to scale down my practice a bit because I was traveling and make smaller works that I could take home with me or mm. could travel well. And I guess that's sort of where the textiles came from in my work. Yeah. So did you sort of have to make a decision to go, actually, this is a worthwhile technique? Because there is stigma attached to yeah. textiles. And I think maybe at the time I wasn't seeing a lot of textile work right. around yeah. when, you know, if I'd go see exhibitions or I'd see what was happening in the art world, you know, mm. as a whole. Um, whereas now I think textiles is really, really big and popular and it's definitely kind of a um, – more accepted and more like it's kind of in fashion in a way yeah it's very in vogue <laughs> excuse the pun yeah um oh. yeah so then I was like 
stuff it and just gonna do it because it's what I enjoy doing the most yeah and you know a lifelong thing I definitely didn't know how to sew at 12 (laughs) yeah yeah I made my first pair of pajamas when I was oh my god (laughs) you were way ahead of us (laughs) cool and so uh rounding that out so yes you work in textiles and so and what other mediums still um influence your work or come into your work um or has it shifted back and, and is it dominated by textiles now? It's pretty dominated by yep. textiles at the moment. Um, there's a bit of mixed media kind of stuff and, um, you know, using objects or using um, collage or things like mm. that. But generally it stays pretty textiles. I'm pretty – I like th- – I don't know how to explain it. I like how – I like textiles being everything's attached in some way or sewn or woven or like I couldn't make things where things were just stuck down or <laughs> yeah. painted on or like it would feel like cheating or something. <laughs> I love that. Whenever I run workshops with kids and they're like, I just want to glue these on, I'm like, nah, got to stitch it. That's great. And so there's quite a history with those mediums that you have, you know, got that familiarity with and honed over the years. But the actual um, themes of your work, I mean, a cross-section, a glance at your website yields, you know, references to Beyonce, Port Power, the football team, Lisa Simpson. <laughs> what's kind of the thread that's run, excuse that pun also, <laughs> <laughs> what is, um, what are those themes that you're exploring? Um, well, I guess I, it all kind of started, I was doing, um, uh, I just remember being in my studio and wanting to practice this particular embroidery thread that I learnt in India. and Like a stitch? It's or, a, yeah, a particular yeah. stitch. And it's a stitch they used to um, sew the mirrors onto their saris. Mm. And I didn't want to do that because I didn't want to be just doing the same thing. I just mm. was interested in that, the way that that was stitched. Yeah. But so I wanted to stitch something circular. And so I ended up having getting like a whole punch thing Um, that was like about an inch you know wide and um, had these Beyonce calendars and so it was just about like yeah (laughs) Yeah. because I love Beyonce (laughs) and um, so it was just like had that in my studio so I was like oh I'm gonna use it It was last year's calendar you know you wouldn't want to butcher this year's yeah (laughs) and um, so I started like punching out one of the images to get just a nice like warped pixelated picture of Beyonce and kind of stuck it down really loosely so that I could then stitch it onto the fabric as just a way of practicing. Mm. And then from that, I then, you know, started to using the same stitching method, um, sewed sequins around it and that slowly kind of grew and grew. And I was like, well, I think there's like something Something in in this. (laughs) And, um, you know, I spoke to a few, I was at um, Mint Studios at the time, which is on, um, used to be on Wright Street um, with Jenna Pippett and Kate Karutz and, um, they're my art wives, so always talking to them it. about whatever I'm working on. And I was kind of like, I don't, I don't know if I can like this can be an exhibition, but I kind of really want it to be. And through a bit of like, I guess talking with them and talking with some other artists and curators, kind of got that encouragement. Being yeah. like, no, these are great. Yeah, um, tease that out. Yeah, yeah, and like spoke to Roy Nanda about fandom and start that started the kind guru, of, <laughs> the guru, and um, really opened up this whole world that. I kind of didn't know about, but it was so in, in. already yeah. Yeah. that I was like, oh, cool. Like art can, can just be about like these wonderful things that are part of our identity and our lives. And yeah, so yeah. that show, 
Isn't um, it terrible that that feels wrong? I know, <laughs> and it's like, oh, but it's not art. And it's like, but it oh, is. God, but it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that kind of grew into this big show that was at um, at the Caxa Project Space mm. back in the day. Um, and so that was sort of my first big show on fandom, and yeah. it was all about with these Beyonce kind of shrines. They ended they up were being very shiny and yeah. the fr- fringing. Yeah, and, so yeah, it had all the like kind of natty, you know, um, tacky <laughs> embellishments, <laughs> which was that. really fun. Um, and yeah, following that, I was then like, oh, I'm, this is an it was a new world for me yeah. in terms of my practice. Like previously, I'd done a lot of work about the kind of rep- repetitive processes in textiles or in sculpture making and how that can be meditative and but it didn't go much further than that and then this felt like that devotion and obsession would come through through that fandom and into these objects and so I wanted to research that more so I ended up applying and doing my master's yep. and it was all on fandom and that's where um, Paul Power and The Simpsons kind of came into it <laughs> Because they're two of my, well, th- well that and Beyonce are yeah. three of my biggest kind of fandoms <laughs> and they're all from such different um, worlds and different mm. meanings to me. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, through that I wrote my thesis and had my exhibition uh, Beyonce is a Port Supporter. I love that. <laughs> and that was all about projecting your own fandoms onto like other fan, you know. Um, it's like those intersections, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, well, I'm a Port Supporter, so... Beyonce would have to be a port supporter, yeah. right? Because <laughs> I love like, that. You know. <laughs> yeah. And that's nice because it is that proximity of the thing that you're so invested yeah. in. Like, well, of course. Yeah. I, have, like, I can speak for us all. Yeah. <laughs> I have kids asking me, like, is she a port supporter? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, I'll ask her. I've got her on speed dial. Yeah. <laughs> that's so good. Um, and, yeah. yeah. And so I guess um, through that, just researching fandom more and finding – the particular niche subcultures of fandom and and how particularly the kind of fan textile and handicrafting community yeah. is quite large and quite strong and there's so many different little pockets in there of different amazing things. Well, I loved the um, – because the, I, I self-confessed – I don't know anything about football, but oh, yeah. reading a little bit about the banner making and how oh. interesting and, and – um, ritual or you know what that process is like yeah well I went and um uh, attended and um participated in the banner making back in 2017 or 18 I think um and it's the one that the players run through yeah Yeah, yeah. and so that's all part of it is like these people that um make the banner they do it in two hours as well which is phenomenal yeah like it's the size of a basketball court (laughs) And they do it in like a gym somewhere yeah, yeah. on the basketball court. Oh my and everyone has their like job and their role. Like there's people who do the big background yep. and there's other people who do the letters and everyone knows what they're doing. Everyone yeah. has like a place and a purpose and they're all there for this joint love of this footy team. And yeah. for a lot of them. For this thing that will be broken. <laughs> for this thing that will only last for like five minutes on game day. Yeah. Um, but it's all part that's such a huge part of their identity is loving Port Adelaide and being part of that community I felt so heartbroken for them the last few years when banners weren't able to be made for the games it's like for them that would be a highlight of their week as well and it's not about the like actual physical thing it's about coming together as a community and I think that's what I really liked as well was like making making something together and that connection you have with people so that's something that I 
try and strive for in my work as well mm. that kind of um well and I guess that, ob- that object yeah. kind of represents that devotion I yeah mean, yeah <laughs> broken or not yeah <laughs> you know, well and there's not many clubs that still do that right. anymore like a lot of them have you know, reusable banners, oh, yeah. they stick lettering on or stick things yeah. on, which, which is, is better admirable in its own thing. for the environment <laughs> and everything. But conceptually. But, yeah, just like oh. as much as I'm like, oh, that is probably a smarter thing to do. <laughs> it's just like doesn't have that but feeling. This, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, I guess that's what it is. It's capturing that. Yeah. That feeling. Mm. Oh. Um, oh, so lovely. And then, um, interesting i'm definitely jumping around a bit here but the um crochet your character project with uh steph Sibich and um a few other hands involved like that was interesting that it built on your practice a bit more in that you then got audiences involved in the making they weren't just witnessing it or being told how great it was it's mm. like no you're you're involved now <laughs> can you yeah. tell me all about that well um steph invited me to be part of that project and I think it was immediately following um, my master's degree and I was super kind of hesitant but interested and I was like, oh, I don't really know what to do for this, but it sounds really interesting. And so I had to like really think about my practice because, you know, the work I make is so detailed and involved. Mm. And I was like, I can't make like a hundred artworks to fill a vending machine because <laughs> – I don't know how I would do that and be able to keep the like integrity of my work and you know it's a bit it's different if you make something that's easy to replicate like on a physical level but my work just isn't like that so um and I had been to Japan on a residency not long before that and I was super interested in the vending machines in Japan Mm -hmm. and a lot of the kind of they do a lot of the um like lucky dip kind of thing you know oh, yeah, where you cool. just get a thing and you don't know what it's going to be um yeah. mystery box or yeah. there's another word for them anyway <laughs> um and so I had made the um Lisa Simpson coat as part of my master's so iconic <laughs> which was um which part of the research had been looking at these um crochet and or knitting patterns that fans make for fans Mm. to make their own fan object so it's like as a fan creating something that other fans can engage with their own fan so it's this funny like it's not making something of that thing that someone just buys and has it's about making an experience yeah or making the experience of fandom yeah which is all a bit like convoluted (laughs) and funny but so that's like oh I can make something similar or like making the experience of making one of those artworks yeah so through that, I developed the crochet pattern and made these little kits. Mm. And, yeah, worked really closely with Steph and Poss, Rosina Possingham, yeah. um, on the kind of graphics of it all so to make it this really cool packaging design because we wanted it to be accessible as well. Yeah. Um, but then still wanting to make some kind of artwork for it. So I did um, part of it was like one in ten of the packs contains a mini artwork. So it's like you could get the kit to make your own or like you could be lucky lucky. and win the little artwork. So I liked that kind of chance element to it as well, which was really fun. Um, And then it was fun seeing people get them and, um, you know, show them unboxing it and if they got the prize. Or (laughs) um, I think 
the like only one little downside is crocheting can be quite tricky and so some people <laughs> like got them for their kids and they're like oh it's way too hard I was like yeah it's not <laughs> super appropriate for like little kids <laughs> they um, come back to it <laughs> but then some you know diehard um crocheters and crafts people out there would send me their little creations That's and so got good. yeah quite a handful of funny little cr- um creatures which is really really nice so um and yeah it just went absolutely bonkers like yeah. it sold out in a week I think of being at the art gallery and we we're like oh my god <laughs> so I'm madly Steph was like making packages like putting kits together and I was madly crocheting little <laughs> artworks um, well I mean yeah that went pretty good there <laughs> yeah yeah I think in the end like it was about 500 or so that was sold through the thing and wow. so I was making like 50 little yeah characters yeah, you had to be productive <laughs> yeah I felt I did feel like a bit of a I don't know. Um, <laughs> Overworked. Yeah, yeah, just a machine. <laughs> yeah, you were the machine. anyone listens to this it will be Sala Festival and your exhibition at POP Post Office Projects will either be open or nearly open. (laughs) Um, Can you tell us about this body of work because it's yeah it's been a little bit since your graduate work and um, feels like it'll be a big one. Yeah so it's yeah it's been a while since I've had um, kind of a major show of just my work or something that's not in a group show or like another kind of workshop project or something. Um, And there has been, yeah, probably a bit of a kind of thematic shift in my practice in the past um, couple of years. So this work is basically uh, exploring themes of uh, fertility, motherhood and homemaking through small textile pieces. So basically for the last couple of years I've been tracking my menstrual cycles um, for fertility reasons and also health reasons. Yeah. Um, and I guess through that tracking, I found myself quite obsessed with this idea of like, what day am I at in my cycle and mm. what does that mean and what, how should I be feeling and what mm. should my body be doing right now and yeah. going through this like real emotional up and down, both of hormones and then of kind of wanting something and then feeling like I failed or feeling like things aren't going to plan. And so I guess I wanted to harness that obsession into something. Um, and in a similar way to fandom and that kind of idea of obsession and devotion, creating something out of love, this was out of something cathartic for me, mm. was making these pieces. So taking kind of all of these these numbers and the tracking and making something helpful out of it I suppose yeah because often the kind of obsessiveness can be really unhelpful too yeah but it's hard to like break out of it yeah or do something with that yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so um yeah for the show um it's going to be I think about 25 to 30 works each work representing uh one of my cycles over the past couple of years and um with the numbers reflecting like the length of each cycle so you know, one piece will be, say, have 24 on it in some way and one piece might have 28 and kind of goes, fluctuates between all those different numbers. And yeah. That's yeah. quite a lot of time represented, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And kind of 
looking at that as like this idea of passing of time, but also, I guess, um, giving a bit of a moment to each of those cycles and um, everything that was in that. Yeah, yeah. And giving some importance to um, the, the tracking of it all and the, um, you know, it's something that a lot of people don't talk about a lot as well. And so trying to give voice to all those feelings and emotions. Yeah, and, and all that energy spent. And, yeah. You know, yeah. And there's such a nice, well, nice, uh, interesting parallel between, you know, how disciplined and meticulous and constant you'd have to be with that tracking and, mm. you know, the sort of similar devotion then of the techniques of textiles and this sort of data in that, you know, yeah. don't know a lot about individual stitches but on one off one or whatever the, <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> some sort of parallel there I'm sure. Yeah, and just that. Um, discipline I guess and Mm. yeah it's quite interesting yeah well I I like to kind of set myself challenges when I've got projects or shows or big works of having like I want to do this much and so I guess it seemed like a really mammoth task at the beginning and now that I've kind of gone through it and coming out the other side it was a lot but it felt like it needed to be done as well um so uh yeah I love that you're like, I'm going to do this impossible thing <laughs> and just always, do it. It always, it always works out. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, I know you said that the theme of this work is a bit of a departure from what you've done in the past. Are there any, try not to say the word threads, <laughs> running through that, I mean, perhaps not specifically to fandom, but through that honouring of textile or anything like that? Um, yeah, I think... Because I did think it was like a, a huge departure, like you said, and making something quite different. But I guess I can see the connections between that sort of obsessiveness and repetition and using textiles and craft making as a means of pouring um, that those kind of feelings and emotions into something. Yeah. Um, and then similarly, I think in my past work I've used a lot of um you know traditional woman's work techniques in a way of like elevating that crafts making techniques to a more you know high art yeah that kind of um the dissection between highbrow and lowbrow still follows through in a lot of my work and still seeing it and I guess it's that same of like it follows that kind of idea follows through in lots of um, maybe health concerns or, um, you know, with ideas of fertility or health concerns of people with uteruses mm. and um, those kind of challenges that in the past people wouldn't speak about because like, oh, no one, no, that's TMI and that's, mm. you know, that's not our business so we don't talk about that or it's mm. like uncomfortable or a bit. Um, it's almost a similar dismissal of yeah, yeah yeah and you know those things traditionally happen to women as well yeah. which is a kind of common theme in all these things so yeah. um like I work with lots of different peoples of different ages in my kind of other jobs and have had some like older people say to me like oh why would you want to talk about that oh, because wow. coming from a very um different generation mm. it's just not spoken about and it's quite amazing how through making this kind of work and having these conversations with people so much is so many people are coming to me and talking to me about all these things I had no idea about 
within their lives and oh, I think which is really nice too. A catalyst for Yeah, I guess for people to share and say, Oh yeah, you know, so and so I know went through all this or I've had similar um, struggles with this health thing or mm-hmm. you know uh, gi- giving per- people permission to talk yeah. about it as well yeah, which I like think is nice if they hadn't had the space before to be able to share that yeah it's so interesting mm. know that you said that you had some great interactions with the vending machine works but do you have any other um great maybe in gallery memories of people interacting with what you've made uh yeah um i think making work about fandom is always good because it's a point of entry for people and that's always a goal of mine when i'm making art or thinking about art is trying to make things accessible and i don't want to be excluding people and thinking art isn't their thing or something um, and yeah, particularly when I had uh, the uh, big Port Adelaide banner at Floating Goose, and that was part of Sala in 2018, I think. <laughs> um, and yeah, I would sometimes get like people walk off the street that just were like, oh, this, this is about Port Adelaide, isn't it? <laughs> Be like, yep. So good. Because that's got the Floating Goose is just oh, all one window great, on one side. Yeah, so it's such a visible. great frontage and such a um, public space, <laughs> yeah. which is really good. And that was a very glimmery, yeah, work, yeah. real visual feast. <laughs> yeah, and it was just fun to then talk to people about it in that way of, yeah. oh, and this is art. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> sure is. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, so good. So that's always, yeah, a fun, I guess, side product of making art. Yeah. Of, that things that are yeah just you know yeah um they're probably also fans of pop culture yeah (laughs) yeah oh and those funny connections because i think yeah i think you did talk about in in some past interview um about the that nature of the fandom and those connections can be uh unlikely but then so intense based on you know that inherent knowledge of you know mm. whether it's simpsons quotes or yeah and then, like knowing you know you've always got that friend that go oh they'll love this you know little niche little yeah. meme or something like that i know so. i always i do make a lot of particularly the simpsons works <laughs> that are works that are kind of like little nuggets for fans little easter eggs and other people are like that doesn't make sense like, yes it does <laughs> but it's worth it for the one person that goes eh. <laughs> yeah, pretty much just Roy and Jules. You yeah, know, yeah, but, you Roy. <laughs> You've been out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love it. Um, well, thank you for chatting to me. Can you let us know, for anyone who's been intrigued by this conversation, where can we follow along um, with your work and, and where is the show again this summer? Um, The show will be at Post Office Project, so POP, um, which is in Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide, correct. St. Vincent Street. And, yeah, so people um, can find out more about my practice on my website, which is just www.carlysnoswell.com. Cool. Um, they can look at my Instagram, but I haven't really <laughs> been using it lately. <laughs> We're all guilty of that. Yeah, so <laughs> trying to kind of separate myself from that sometimes. But, um, but yeah, I plan to start some kind of mailing list. So oh, hopefully, I love it. Hopefully. <laughs> Excellent. Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks so much, Carly. All right. Thank you.